Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by for launch. Stand by to receive our transmission. Excuse me while I whip this out. Hey ho, yeah. Hey, good morning. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Oh, am I going to have fun today? But first, I've got to start in. Good morning, Alan. Alan's with me this morning. Good morning, senor. Um, Senior. Senor. Oh. Senor. Senior. Senior. Okay. <laughs> so you're being nice or telling me I'm an old guy? What is you it? Me- a senior you- citizen. Senior citizen. And you never probably watched that cartoon because you didn't have kids. Kim Possible, but one of the bad guys. No, I never got to see that one. One of the bad guys was a father-son bad guy combo. It right. Was, and they were uh, Latin American, so it was Senor, Senior, Senior, and Senor, Senior, Junior. And it, the senior was see, yeah, was was voiced by Ricardo Montalban. Oh, really? That's all. Well, he, you, you should know. just go pull those simply because <laughs> you hear the voice of Khan as he's dastardly he trying to fantastic. take over the world. One of the uh, one of the I mean, he was in the the Spy Kids film as their grandfather. Yes, he was. When the when I the, love uh, Ricardo Montalban. He was great. loved. He was really great. Uh, I have a version. Just a great actor. I have a version of uh, there was a television movie, uh, and we'll get sidetracked here for a second. Uh, Sorry. It was a TV movie called. Uh, it was a, one of those. Um, TV film of Zorro. They did a in '74. I can't remember who did it. ABC. Somebody did a, a, a television film about Zorro, and Frank Langella played Zorro in it. And Ricardo Montalban was the bad guy in the TV version of well, it, and, and it was he was great. You know, one that. wasn't faking the accent. <laughs> Are you suggesting that Frank Langella? It could very well be. Let me, look, first of all, the Spain. last name. <laughs> <laughs> it might give yeah. something away. Right. It was, one, but it was a great production. One, it was really good. One actor's name, you actually even turn Latin American saying his voice, Ricardo Montalban. Like yes. you, you just can't, you can't no. go Ricardo Montalban. Mont-a-man. I mean, you just sound like an idiot. Ricardo no, you Montalban. Can't. He, he, he was fantastic. Not only, but in everything he in, was in, he was, he raised the level of it. <clears throat> Somehow he just did his, his delivery, his sincerity. Probably his accent didn't hurt. And they went against the grain as far as uh, protagonist versus uh, hero or whatever in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, because Kirk and Khan in that film were fighting each other, and they never came face to face. Nope. Through the whole film. They they, they weren't even together on the set filming the film. Shatner says, I having, never saw Ricardo Montalban. Even when they're interacting on the view screen? Yeah. That's that's movie magic. There was no yep. Ricardo Montalban was not on the set for five days <clears throat> no. in front of a camera acting for Kirk to have something to react. Now to. I don't know if he ever showed up just to say hi, or they happened to pass each other in the hallway, like at the in, at the commissary. Oh yeah, that, in Paramount. but that's different. They're, like they, if they went down and got a hot dog at the commissary, and he's like, "I'm going to have relish on that, Bill," and he's like, "Yes, I'm going to have relish on this hot dog." Thank you, Ricardo. That would be a great meeting to have seen. Bill, Bill. <laughs> Have you not understood what Clint Eastwood said? You don't put ketchup on a hot dog. That's right. That would have been out of this world. And, I and wish I could do Ricardo's accent. He is so good. Uh, well, you know what's funny is we talked about people that even even impressionist 
can't, have not been able to do successfully. I've never heard anyone do a successful Ricardo Montalban, and he sounds like he might be kind of hard to do. And you and I have talked about how no one can have has really ever done a definitive Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy, exactly. He just can't. I don't know why he can't be done. It's now, kind of weird. Gets, gets gets imitated right. all the time. <laughs> but it's so weird how some some of them can't can't. Well, get his voice was so way. distinct. You would kn- you knew it was Leonard Nimoy within like a second right. of hearing the first word spoken. And usually that's true of every person who can do voices they have a distinct voice but i've never heard anyone do a leonard nimoy no. and uh, the best person to do him we've heard is leonard nimoy yeah. <laughs> leonard you do a good nimoy you do a great version of yourself so. hey good morning uh i got i've been doing uh rants every now and then when i would come on the show and, and get rants out of the way where i where i would get that out of my Something that happened to me and I wanted to complain about it. I could get it out in the first part of the program. That way I felt better. And I don't know how much. I've got a few minutes here. I can do this. I'm going to do not really a rant today, but it's kind of an observation. I felt felt as useless this past week as Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Was your back hurting again? Well, no, because we because we talked about how Indiana Jones is pretty much useless in Raiders. Everything he did, the Nazis still got the Ark, and had he not done anything, the outcome would probably have been the same. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I had a problem. A couple of weeks ago, a tree fell in my backyard. It went from my uh, from the other side of my driveway and hit the my, my wooden fence that I have in the backyard. And half of it was over the fence, and half of it cracked, and half the other half was lying in the backyard. You know, and it was an older pine tree. It had rotted. It wasn't that heavy, but it was heavy enough to you know I couldn't lift it up. If it had been a full size great tree it would have knocked the 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 fence would have been gone it would have Mm. crushed it so that was good so but i had a tree service come out and was going to remove it for me and i I said you know i've got another tree in the backyard that's still standing but there's no (laughs) leaves on it it's dead and i'm like that tree's coming down on the next on some upcoming wind or storm or rain where where it softens the ground or the wind blows that tree's going to snap come down and it's an angle where it's going to hit the house it's not going to go the other way. So I said, listen, take down that tree, get rid of some other crap I've got out here, and and get rid of the tree that, that's already fallen. And they go, fine, we can do mm-hmm. that. We're, we're, we're good. And they were recommended to me by a friend of mine. So they came out and started, and I left. I had to go somewhere. So they're working in the yard, and I get a call from Mrs. BK. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. The, the, the guy was up in the tree and working on it, and it fell with him in it. Whoops. I'm like, oh, no. So this guy... It, it, the roots, the roots gave way at the at the on the ground, and it uprooted, and he fell with the tree twenty feet. Uh, he rode the tree down like a like a bronco. He rode the tree down to the ground, hit the ground. It hit him, broke his broke his leg, broke his broke his elbow and his his uh, his arm. His arm looked like when Harry Potter's arm was was oh. in Harry Potter. Remember that? And they had yes. to repair it. The, like it had no well. bone in it flopping around. It was <laughs> yes. pretty bad. Well, I'm getting all this by see, it's not second, <laughs> secondhand accounts telling me on the phone. It hit part of it hit his jaw. His jaw was damaged, his face was damaged. He was unconscious. And they were worried about him. Call, call ambulance. Ambulance shows up at my house. I'm not there. So I'm sure everyone in the neighborhood going, what's going on over there? What's oh, going on at the BK house? told that BK oh he needed to only, stop eating the she's chips. Finally, she's finally taking him out. She's oh, had wow, enough so of him. Oh, wow. So you went darker than me. Yes. Well, I meant more truthful than you. <laughs> so mine had a little more gravitas to it. So, yeah. So that, that happened while, while I was gone. Uh, to the tree service guy, and we're and we're glad. By the way, he's going to be fine. He's he's he may have to have a little therapy or whatnot. And he was their captain of the of the tree people. I mean, he was the guy. He's captain of the crew. I mean, he was the wow. main guy. So, and so here's the, here's the moral of this. Here's what we learned. No matter what I did or was going to do, that tree was coming down. And you know what? It hit my house anyway. <laughs> it was on the way down. It hit the house with him on it. 
Oh, so I'm like, that tree was going to hit my house no matter what. And that you know was what? In the cards. He probably was was doing what he needed to to get high enough to put a, a guide rope so when it did fall, they could pull yeah. it away from the house. And just his added weight with maybe a gust of wind right. was all it took. But part of me was just saying, imagine how weak that him. tree was then. Oh, I told him. I said, I said the, the tree's weak. It's going to come down. And I'm thinking, I don't know why they put a guy with his weight up there so high. Uh, maybe that's the way they do it or whatnot. But it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in the cards. That tree was coming down no matter what. So what, what's the what's the saying? Best laid plans. Yes. Mice Best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> so, that's no matter what I did, fate was bringing that tree down on the house. Now, so now I got a cracked little crack in my house, and it's been raining, and the water was coming in. Cracked my gutter and put a little hole in the top of you know my. Know what house. I say? So they're covering that because they're insured. So say no go. to crack. Do every chance Just I get, but say I no. can't help it. So. So that's don't that's, bend over. I, I feel. I said say no. I just felt useless this week. <laughs> no matter what I did, you know. Speak on there. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. We're going to have to do more fun things when I come back. We'll return after these announcements. Millions of Americans every day are shedding unwanted pounds by taking tested and proven ultra lipo stick. Carbohydrates are bad, bad. Our carbo-fighting antioxidant is good, good. Just listen to these satisfied customers. My name is Gail, and I lost like 20 pounds on ultra lipo stick. My name is Jared, and I lost 46 pounds using ultra lipo stick. My name is Zach, and I actually gained weight. This stuff sucks! Ultra lipo Stick is safe and easy to inject. Just three doses, four times a day, discreetly underneath your fingernail. Listen to this. I used Ultra Lipo Stick and suffered from side effects like uncontrollable greasy discharge. Ultra Lipo Stick, it turned the armpits of all of my shirts orange. This stuff is crap. Try it today and see some real results. Ultra Lipo Stick, not available in stores. Results may vary. Wanna taste something rich? Nestle's new $100,000 bar. Oh, wow! Tastes like a hundred thou. Hey, Joe! Tastes like a lot of dough. Get back! Tastes like a hundred thousand snacks. Nestle $100,000 bar. If you're looking for a really rich-tasting candy bar, try Nestle's new $100,000 bar. Explosively crunchy crispies, lots of luscious, chewy caramel, all covered in mouth-watering chocolate for a taste as rich as its name. Come on, give it a bite. Hey, Swell, love that chewy caramel. All right, there's lots of crunch in every bite. Look out! The $100,000 bar so rich you want to shout. Nestle $100,000 bar. Man, it's the best candy bar I ever had in my whole mouth. Never fear, Smith is here. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon, Saturdays. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. Most of us remember Ivan Dixon as Kinch, the smart communications expert on the sitcom classic Hogan's Heroes. But did you know that he went on to direct some of our favorite classic shows? Honing his acting skills on Broadway in the late 1950s, Ivan began to steadily earn television and film roles during the early 60s. 
He appeared in shows like Have Gun, Will Travel, Laramie, Perry Mason, The Outer Limits, The Fugitive, The Twilight Zone, and many more. Then, in 1965, Dixon was cast on Hogan's Heroes. This gave him the distinction of being one of the only three male African-American actors with recurring TV roles during the 60s. The others being Greg Morris from Mission Impossible and Bill Cosby on I Spy. During the show's run, he earned an Emmy nomination for his performance in the CBS TV movie The Final War of Ollie Winter. Reportedly, over time, Dixon grew increasingly dissatisfied with Kinch's dwindling amount of lines. So, prior to Hogan's Heroes' final season, he left the show. By 1970, he displayed a new talent by beginning a 20-year run as a successful director. His credits included multiple episodes of Magnum P.I., The Rockford Files, The Waltons, and The Greatest American Hero. Add to that episodes of Quantum Leap, In the Heat of the Night, Starsky and Hutch, The A-Team, The Bio woman, and the list goes on. During his career, he was an outspoken advocate for more minority opportunities and racial diversity within the industry. This, along with Ivan Dixon's legacy of acting and directorial contributions, helped him earn multiple NAACP Image Awards, as well as an induction into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the Air. Thank you, Pat. Big kudos to Pat McCormick for sending both Alan and I and Walt mm-hmm. into darkness. A Golden Rage of TV t-shirt. And hey, we're in good company with those Golden Rage of TV t-shirts because you've seen a few celebrities. He's had photos of them taken with them on. Kathy Garver from Family Affair. Sent him a photo with her in it, on it. Wesley Ure, who played in Land of the Lost, the old television show Land of the Lost, put his t- t-shirt on and sent Pat a uh, picture of it back. So uh, maybe we need to send a picture you know of it what? back. I, and I meant to do so. it because I wore it uh, last weekend. I was just doing some things. I came in here to do the Sunday news. I was bopping all over town with my my t-shirt on, wearing it. And I said, I should probably take a selfie. You were, you were and then bopping I forgot. all over town? I was bopping. You were bopping. Yes. I still bop. <laughs> Good. Like a Robin. Well, let's make sure that nobody watches you. Like a rockin' Robin. No one sees you do it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, now, he, did the, he just did the report there on Hogan's Heroes, Ivan Dixon on mm-hmm. Hogan's Heroes. And speaking of that, you know, you, I don't, you probably had more, you're, you're into more types of things on social media than I am. I'm very focused on like one kind of a subject, which is the show and, and, and uh, nostalgic geekiness and the things that I grew up with and whatnot. And I've, I'm glad to say that I've only had maybe one or one and a half bad experiences on the internet with someone, you know, just with a, with a, with a weirdo out there or something like that, or right. just a person that doesn't really, that, that maybe uh, just a couple of maybe pieces, couple of pieces shy of a too. loaf of bread. So that's yeah, why you, like that. that's yeah. why everybody's like, no, but oh, for a different know. way, though, right. for a different reason. Uh, but one of them was, I posted, some, I don't know if it was the anniversary of the show or just an image in my file. I got a file on Facebook about great television series and stuff, and I got stills and photos from it and mm-hmm. logos. And I posted a, a, a two or three images one day from Hogan's Heroes, you know, the TV show, mm-hmm. sitcom from the '60s. Hogan's yeah, Heroes, love that show. show. I still like and it in reruns. Somebody, it 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 triggered somebody because they they saw that and like, how dare you post a picture of Hogan's Heroes? That's about a concentration camp in World War II, and I can't believe they did a show that makes fun of that and blah 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 blah. I'm like. I'm like, okay, well, they didn't, did, didn't really make fun of that in the show. They actually made fun of uh, Hogan's Heroes. I don't think the person had seen the show because I'm like, Obviously. watching the show, you get the idea 
that the Germans were bubbling, bumbling idiot fools right. in the show because that's how they were portrayed. It was not glorified well, what, and uh, whatsoever. And even just a couple so, of factually incorrect things. It uh, wasn't a concentration camp. No, it's it wasn't. a prison camp. It's a prison camp for, for prisoners of, uh, American prisoners of war. You know, And the whole Stalag. concept was Hogan and his heroes were using it as a way to help the Allies because they were yeah. they were constantly uh, uh, circumnavigating or getting around the Germans, who, of course, were played as sort of bumbling and silly, right. at least the Commandant Clink. So, and guess what? That's what we wanted. <laughs> so, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it was in the 60s, which, you know, World War II had been over. For only know, about tw- over 10, 20, 12 years. Yeah, 12, 15 years, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so from 45 or 46 or whatever. But, yeah, but I just didn't get the uh, – something in this person just went off and didn't like that I posted a photo from, from Hogan's Heroes. So Nazi uniforms. Wait, I what? just kind of ignored them and moved on and never heard anything yeah, else from it, like which going, is usually how I do it. So. like getting mad at Schindler's List. I can't believe they put Nazis in that. Yeah, that's stupid. That. Did the same thing with Saving Private Ryan. But I'm like, please, it's it's a sitcom, <laughs> and it's not it's not in any way showing the Germans, the, the Nazis, in any kind of positive light no. whatsoever. It's it's actually making them look pretty bad, and and doing you're doing it through comedy. And the, the show was just funny. It was just crazy. And another interesting thing about where Hogan's Heroes was filmed. Remember remember how the outside set looked in Hogan's Heroes, the 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 camp. Where the you know the towers were and the barbed wire fence and everything, they actually filmed it at, uh, at near Forty Acres in mm-hmm. a place called Forty Acres is no longer there in Hollywood, uh, where they filmed a lot of things that had an outside set. Well, if you took the camera, I found this out. If you took the camera in Hogan's Heroes and just turned it a little bit <laughs> to the other way, you'd see downtown Mayberry and Andy Griffith was right over the trees over there. And if you turned back the camera the other way, you'd see all the barracks from Gomer Pyle <laughs> down the hill from there. So that's how close the outside sets of those shows were back then. You know, it's it so amazing. Funny. When we did the Blazing Saddles uh, season, season two, and that panning shot the Wilder from, Ride, yes, when they're all podcast. fighting in the streets of the Old West and right. it comes up. And one of the things that I didn't even know until I'd done my research, in the background, it looks like there's a town square, like a southern town. Right. Square, and that's where after year one they filmed Dukes of Hazard. I'm like, <laughs> for, so for the Dukes camera Hazzard. pulls up and like, there's that, and you that, see all the different sets that they would film. Little bit of nuggets like that are just so cool to hear. You know, I love stuff like that. The, the set of Mayberry has been used for so many things. I was watching the Waltons a couple years ago, and they went downtown to the Waltons set in Virginia. And it's not filmed in Virginia. It's filmed in a Hollywood set. Well, when the Waltons, John Boy would drive downtown, he drove up to this little building and got out. And when he got out and walked past his little old truck that they drive, I'm like, that's the Mayberry Courthouse in the background. Yep. <laughs> it's on the Mayberry set. Uh, Star Trek used the Mayberry set. to It was in a planet that paralleled Earth, you know, mm-hmm. in, in its development. And they beamed down and the whole, they took the whole Mayberry set and made it look like it was abandoned with cars and fires and stuff. And it was the Mayberry set because, again, in the background, I saw the columns of Andy's uh, 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 sheriff's office door in the background. They took the sign off the door, but you could tell it well, was yeah. still the Well, they dress the thing. it. You know, that's the thing. I didn't know this about Christmas Vacation. You know, there's this subdivision, oh, yeah. Clark Griswold's home. You've got the neighbor's home. You've got right. these streets. You've got these outside shots. Yeah, no, that's all a, a, a subdivision on the back lot that like they an, built uh, so they could the have future. a subdivision lot. Back to the Future as well. Yeah, all Same the, thing. All those things. So it's funny to see those things. I've seen Bewitched, Elizabeth Montgomery's house and Bewitched show up in other films. You know, like, oh, it looks like a, that is her house. Okay. So it's kind of fun to notice things like that. But I didn't notice that that, that, that brought me to mind of Hogan's Heroes since Pat was talking about Ivan Dixon and Hogan's Heroes. The, the other the other thing I caught heck for was posting a, a photo of some Bond girls one year. I think it was when Spectre came out, and then people started talking about, here's all the actresses who have played Bond girls in the Bond films. And, you know, Bond <laughs> girls are usually dressed kind of, you know, 
production shots. They're kind of scantily clad. They're not nude, but they're scantily clad, you know, ladies of James Bond movies. And this person went off and said, you sexist, crazy person putting photos of women up there. I'm like, they're movie, they're Bond movies. <laughs> I'm just putting photos of the See, actresses. You're, you're, you're better than I am. I've been uh, like, yes. Yeah. I, I just kind of Absolutely. I don't engage them. So <clears throat> it's just so weird to have Women to were made beautiful up. so we could look at them. Let's put them up like that. Yeah. What, would you, what, what do you want? The reverse? Oh, God, hideous. Turn it away. Get it away. Put it, put it behind a veil. <laughs> Please oh, yeah. don't come out in let's, public. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's put it this way. They're I not just gonna, ate. Not going to cast Ruth Buzzy as a Bond lady or Phyllis Diller. They just weren't going to do it. So. It could be the henchman's uh, sidekick or whatever, but it's not going to happen. Edith Bunker so. as a Bond girl. <laughs> oh, 007. Oh, you wanted shaken, not yeah. stayed? Uh, I'll go get it for you. Now, Archie Bunker could have been Q. That would have been fun. Carol O'Connor is Q. Oh, jeez, 007, will you grow up, for mm. God's sake? Mm. You're not <laughs> funny, James. That would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll get out and give out the number here, 770-386-1450. We're doing all the talking, but if you want to call and call us up and talk about anything we're talking about today, I don't have enough time. We're approaching hey. the bottom of the hour. I can't get into some of the subjects I've got here. When are you here, doing but... the Halloween story? You mentioned that as we wrapped up my show. I don't know. We can, we can do it. Because uh... I want to dovetail on something because I posted something in the Wilder Ride Listener's Lounge of an important date this this past week, September right. 16th, in the U.K. Because, you know, oh, really? movies don't get released the same day everywhere. They, they've gotten closer in our in our current age. Right. But there is a Halloween-related anniversary that just happened this past oh, really? week well, in see, the I, UK. I don't know about that. So uh, why don't we come back after the bottom of the hour, then we'll flash the audience, and we'll do it right after that and get just into that. And I'll find out what you've you got. And then you'll find out the Halloween story I've got, which is kind of cool. And maybe we can talk about the Halloween special, too. Coming Sounds up, like we can do. Coming up at the bottom of the hour here, I want to remind everybody that coming up today, we have the return of Channel Star Wars. We're going to do that before the top of the next hour, because I've, I've kind of reserved the spot after the after the top of the next hour, after the hour, uh, James Install from Geek to Me oh. Radio is going to call in today and review Tenant, and he's going to review the new mutants for us. He's Does he want to call, two or can we email him a Zoom link so it sounds better? I may have you email him a Zoom link because we can do it that way, and he would sound much better. That's I think a great so. idea. I think so. I'd rather hear him clearly than hear him underwater. I'll tell you what, because he sounds this, better that during way. During this bottom of the hour news break, <laughs> why don't we text him and tell him, find out if we can cool. do that. We will do that, and just right on cue, here's our bottom of the hour break coming up now. Uh, a few more things we got coming up on the program today. Oh my goodness, as I drop everything into the floor. Uh, there's a classic TV actor uh, who's on Good Times, Jimmy Walker, he alleges that one of the, another classic TV actor once tried to kill another classic television actor who I'm turned curious. into a movie star. I want to talk about that now. Who knows? It's him talking about a documentary that's coming up. Could be trying to sell uh, this documentary. That's true. Uh, United, <laughs> Airline, United Airlines are now using robots to clean the, uh, the, the jets. Uh, another Star Wars movie gets a release for its uh, anniversary coming up this month. You're going to be able to see one. And The Mandalorian looks like it's going to take home a bounty of Emmy Awards at the Emmy Awards. All that and more. BK on there. It's Slinky, it's Slinky, for fun it's a wonderful toy. What walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing, everyone knows. It's Slinky, it's Slinky, it's Slinky, for fun it's a wonderful toy. It's fun for a girl and a boy, it's fun for a girl and a boy. Get a Slinky in a size and color you like, in metal or plastic. What rolls downstairs? Wait for a snack and fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It's log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. 
from Blamo. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn radio app. Hey, I may know what I'm talking about. You don't know. Four times out of ten, I know. <laughs> I got this new I got this new thing someone sent me. He's like, you should use this as a promotion thing. It says, uh, four, uh, five out of four listeners listen to BK on the Air every day. That's awesome. Yeah, like that kind of math. That's the kind of math I did when I was in school way back when. Well, it's time that we, we're going to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And, uh, oh, look, for a change, I have the first news. Uh, I did that like Paul Harvey. From UPI. A new, si- a new sign welcoming travelers to a Florida city is drawing attention and raising controversy for an unusual reason. What do you think the reason would be? What is a that? sign. What could you know, it be? You know how you're announcing you're coming into the, this town? Is it one of those weird names of a town where it's like got uh, a naughty saying? Or, I, that would be cool Only if it were only that. It's getting attention because it's in the wrong city. Go! <laughs> how do you do? How does a government official do that? I don't understand. Clive Taylor, a Hollywood activist and vice president of the Hollywood Historical Society, that's Hollywood, Florida, sent an email to officials this week when he saw the new Welcome to Dana Beach sign on a road median that is securely within the Hollywood city limits. Whoops. Wow. The new sign replaced an older, smaller sign bearing a similar message. Dana uh, Beach City Manager Anna Garcia confirmed she has been in contact with her counterpart in Hollywood about the issue. She said the complaint is now under investigation. City of Hollywood spokesman Joan Hussey <laughs> said the two cities are working together on a solution. Maybe they should just become one city. Well, yeah, merge. Just yeah. that'd be easier. No, yeah, I'm sure. Just call it Hollywood <laughs> Dana Beach. They're arguing over a sign already. I'm or sure they're not going to be able to merge. Dana Hollywood Beach or Dana Beach Hollywood. <laughs> just, just, just merge it together. It would be great. So isn't that great how uh, – what? Government messing up? Get no, out of here. would never do that. <laughs> well, I've got the next news. It's like the story we had about the lady who got her driver's license with a photo of an empty chair. Whoops. <laughs> you remember that? And we're like, yes. how could that happen? That's well, crazy. Apparently I'm a ghost. Or a vampire. <laughs> or a chair lady. Chair All person. right. Well, pizzeria chain Chuck E. Cheese is asking a court for permission to purchase and destroy 7 billion prize tickets produced for its game machines. What? Yeah, the 612 location restaurant chain, which declared bankruptcy in June, said the tickets were printed prior to the bankruptcy filing, but the suppliers hadn't yet been paid for the tickets that had been Uh delivered. Chuck E. Cheese, you know how they all little ticket machines? Right, right? yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is asking the court's permission to spend $2.3 million to purchase and destroy the 7 billion tickets. 7 billion tickets. Yeah, which are like, worth like, about $9 million in prizes. They're evil. <laughs> Officials said the game machines were being converted to an e-ticket model even before the COVID-19 pandemic in a bid to reduce wait times. The conversion efforts were accelerated amid the outbreak in an attempt to increase no-contact service. We don't need people touching tickets and stuff. (laughs) Don't want to do that. Those little ticket things, they they touch Them little grubby hands of these kids (laughs) turning them in. Snot-nose wiping their noses and touching stuff. They do that all the time. Well, the company's court filing said that $2.3 million to buy and destroy the tickets, a cost which is far lower than the cost to the company should these prizes be circulated to the general public and presented for redemption. (laughs) Wow. 
Okay. Well, and you know, I'd never heard of, uh, for a long time, the two big kitty pizza places were Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz. Mm-hmm. And I know that later on they merged. Well, back uh, in northeast Alabama, uh, we had a place we had never heard of. Uh, we had we never heard of Showbiz. And they were they were uh, prevalent over here in mm-hmm. this area. And we had Chuck E. Cheese, and I, when I come over here, I'm like, we had a place called Chuck E. Cheese over in Alabama, and people over here are like, we never heard of that one. So <laughs> that, that that changed. Hey, when a my lot kids were little, we've had on. a handful of birthday parties at the good old Chuck E. Cheese. Cool. How did you like that your birthday being there? I'm still a kid. <laughs> I'm still. A, yeah, they. they I was, it was your birthday that I was, was there. sitting in that little <laughs> crown chair. They brought me the little paper crown, little Dad, scepter. Happy birthday, Dad! Happy birthday, Mr. Sanders! <laughs> don't call me Mr. Sanders. Don't call me Mr. Sanders. That makes me no, think don't, I'm old. Don't use Mr. I got the next news from UPI. A study jointly funded by the European Union and Japanese government suggests robots programmed with the ability to carry on conversations can positively impact the mental health of seniors in care homes. The authors of the Caress. It's called Caresses Study, C-A-R-E-S-S-E-S Study, said a culturally competent robot named Pepper was tested on residents of elderly care homes in Britain and Japan over the course of three years. Pepper's artificial intelligence was designed to allow the robot to carry on culturally specific conversations with seniors. Residents who interacted with Pepper for up to 18 hours over the course of two weeks saw a significant improvement in their mental health as well as a small but positive impact on loneliness severity, the study authors said. That's kind of cool. Chris uh, Patadopoulos, a public health lecturer in Britain's University of Bedfordshire, Bedfordshire, and the lead researcher in the study, said the findings have become even more timely amid the COVID-19 pandemic. He also said researchers estimate it will be another two to three years of research and development before the robots can be introduced to nursing homes and other facilities on a full-time basis. So robots helping the elderly in nursing homes and whatnot. Now, does it say – it says they're being helped by this. Does it say anything about the poor robots that have to put up with things like, you know, in my day, we didn't use robots. Well, baseball was different in my time. Can can the robot – I guess the robots, being a robot, can deal with that, I guess. the bathroom <laughs> and the robot went just like that um, um, <laughs> i just went <laughs> so, so I yeah. gonna have a whole new thing called robot therapy uh, what do you do i'm a therapist what do you do i talk to the, i talk to the artificial intelligence that has problems <laughs> dealing okay. with people so you've got abby normal on this next one is it definitely me yeah that's okay. yours that's yours <laughs> okay and, i got uh, the you, next news all right and i understand it's a short one yeah so is what that is, it what, yeah what is what is the next news flash is this a dead? Yeah. Deadly, what does it say? It just says deadly snake found wrapped around gas pump in Australia. Cool. All right. Well, again, that one needed nothing added. That's it. The, the, when I read the rest of it, I'm like, the the details are redundant. <laughs> I said the details of this. The details are redundant for this story. Yes, deadly snake found wrapped around gas pump in Australia. Number one, it's a ga- it's a snake wrapped around a gas pump. We can all identify with that. And it's where in Australia, Australia where. A lot of people joke, and everything can, can kill well, you. There. Everything will kill you in Australia, right? Including Australia. So there you go. That was the shortest. Why? Why elaborate on that? On that thing? I thought that was the. Hey, perfect can I thing drop a little sneak peek? In a week and a half, we're going to have a guest on our show, the, the Listeners Lounge Podcast, the Wilder Ride. Yes. yes. Yeah, we're going to have a guest, and when our, we do our news segment, I've got a more horrifying snake story than that. You do? Mm-hmm. I need to. I needed to ask you. Because you were talking about last week and stuff. Where did you get that weird news segment idea from? Doing well, it's, it's weird actually, news flashes and stuff. Ironically, it's not, necessar- it's not from you because we don't do this kind I'd of news. I say it was from me. 
We uh, Walt actually came and said, "Shouldn't we find like some crazy news?" I'm like, "That's fine." Oh, so it's he his, his idea. It's Walt. Okay, cool. I had to let him do you something. Him. Doesn't do anything yeah, else. Where he where did he get the idea? <laughs> kind of it's okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining or anything. I just think it's kind of you know, cool. Kind of awesome. Is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah, they keep saying that. Yet when you make fun of somebody, sometimes they slap you. <laughs> they just don't get that fact, and I don't, don't know get, why. I love you. I did a great hey, impression hey. of you. Yeah, that's why you got a black eye. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to do that. I got the next news. It's a full-size news flash. This one, I noticed you Uh, needed the bigger one. In our own backyard, police in Georgia, right here, said a suspect who fled on foot from a traffic stop left behind a valuable piece of personal property. Their kid? No. (laughs) It's happened before. It's true. From a theft. I remember that one. They'll never figure out who I am now. No, they left behind a winning lottery ticket. Whoa. Oh, that's terrible. The Cherokee County Sheriff's Office, uh, right next door to us here in Bartow County, said deputies ap- attempted a traffic stop Monday morning in the city of Canton, but the un- unidentified suspect abandoned their vehicle and fled on foot. Deputies investigated the vehicle and discovered a winning scratch-off lottery ticket worth 100 bucks in Aww. the car. That's awesome. That must have been must have been wor- that they were worried about being charged with more than this that. Is, then this is from this is from them. <laughs> "Quote to the suspect who ran on foot from our deputies on a traffic stop this morning on I-75. You left a winning $100 lottery ticket in your vehicle." The post said, "You can claim your ticket at 498 Chatham Drive in Canton. It will be here waiting for you. Congratulations, by the way." Unquote. The Cherokee County Sheriff's Department. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the address, and I'm guessing that they won't be claiming that, and maybe the uh, the the the. Cherokee County Sheriff's Department can take that money and put it to good use, or give a little bit of it to the to the to the animal shelter there at Cherokee County. Just spread it around and do some good with it. That'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Not only are you an idiot, <laughs> you, let your, you could have grabbed the ticket on your way from fleeing the car. So, uh, I got one more news flash when we come back. It's BK on the air. You are about to witness the most amazing man-made jewelry ever created: the original multicolor mood ring. This is the ring that senses your deepest feelings. Scientifically developed, the incredible Chromastone senses thermal changes deep within your body, reflects all your mood changes in a fascinating kaleidoscope of color, responding to your deepest secrets, your most hidden emotions. The beautifully crafted multicolor mood ring reveals your subconscious feelings in a myriad of breathtaking color, from black to brown, yellow, green, to the most desired shade of violet blue. Discover the mysterious powers of the multicolor mood ring in elegant gold or silver tone settings. Dare to wear the original multicolor mood ring with the fascinating chroma stone. Only $5 while supplies last. I can be any kid on the block. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're slugging it out. A left to the jaw and... Oh, my block is knocked off. But you can press it right back on. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Press this lever. He throws a right. The other a left. Knock his block off. You're the winner. Well, next time. You can Rock'em Sock'em with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Marks. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Having more fun than a big fat pig in a big trough of mud and slop. It's BK on the air. Oh, wait. Otherwise known as my office. That was kind of a weird analogy, but it's true. (laughs) It is true. You ever seen an animal have more fun in dirt and mud and stuff in your life? Than a pig. pig. Pigs are, I mean, hippos love that too because they're big and they, it cools yeah. them off, I understand, protects their skin. Honestly, but, dogs uh, like to do it. Some dogs do, yeah. It's like, why are you getting Ooh, in that, look at that 
especially the, usually the pretty Eskimo spit white dogs that yes. get all messed up and stuff. Um, <sighs> and you know what's funny about mud and dirt? Unless it's if it's just earth only, mud and dirt aren't. It's not dirty. It's just it's just earth. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like garbage and bacteria and stuff. Right. Usually, it's just more like you know, it's, it just makes you look bad. Right. But uh, earth and dirt and stuff like that, it's not. Uh, back in the old days, I understand way back many, 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 many years ago, they would use uh, dirt and stuff to, to to put on your your wound or something if you had it. You had oh. to put something on there. What are you talking about old days? My, growing up in the seventies, my dad would be like, "Oh, you skinned your knee, just rub some dirt on yeah. it." Just well, my dad told stop me to, the bleeding. Why did my dad tell me to eat it then? <laughs> well, he goes, different. "Eat some dirt." I'm like, "Okay, is that going to help?" No, no, but, but it'll I, keep I you remi- occupied till I can do something I for you. I do remember when we used to say, you're making mud pies. I'm like, oh, these are pies? Oh. Yeah, they don't taste all that good. They're kind of greedy. Mud, mud pies are for looks only. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you remember that first time you discovered them, yeah. that sand is really just really tiny rocks? Oh, When you no. get it in your teeth, you got that green. Like, I, I just, like millions I of them. Rid of it. Millions of them. And when you're you like, come back to the beach, how long do you find sand and stuff? Till the next time you go back to the beach, you're like, oh my god, it's still here. And I keep joking about when I come back from from the beach, how do I find sand in something that was sealed and I didn't take to the beach? I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't you know even what? take those shoes to the beach. How did they get? How did sand there get there? There's sand just floating in the air because there's always a breeze. I've heard when you have kids, there's a glitter problem too. Yeah, glitter. glitter goes everywhere and hangs yeah. around for a long time. <laughs> well, I've got the uh, we got a holdover here. I got the last news. Actually, you've got the last news. Why did I take it? It's all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of an entertainment. Hold on, I want to do it. I want to do it. Okay, good. I got the last news. See? Trying to take away from me. What is Cow it? turd. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right. The California ma- uh, mansion made famous by the external shots in 1990s to 1996 sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is being listed on Airbnb by star Will Smith in partnership with the house's owners. Smith's listing on Airbnb, which coincides with the 30th anniversary of the sitcom, says the guests who book one of five available nights at the freshest Los Angeles' mansion around, I guess just Los Angeles mansion around, will get to spend a night in a wing on the home that has been decorated in the distinctive 1990s style favored by Smith's character. Quote, my wing of the mansion includes my bedroom, great for naps, a full bathroom, great for spitting bars in the sh- spitting bars in the shower, pool area, great for dips, an outdoor lounge, and the dining room, great for eating, obviously, Smith wrote. All meals are being provided by guests and served on a silver platter. The mansion is being listed at $30 a night for five nights, October 2nd, 5th, 8th, and 11th, and then the 14th. Not bad. Hey, I can afford 30 bucks a night. See, I was going to sing the theme song to that show, but I never watched that show, so I'm not really familiar with... I was a uh, French prince of Bel Air. That's that was the vehicle that got him. Like, oh, I know. Yeah, it was the a, star. I mean, was he was already show. a good rapper, and he was like, and he was always a clean rapper. He was always right. guys like, look, I love the rap, I love the music, I love, but I'm not going to go dirty. And right. you know what? It served him well. He's still great. He's, and Will Smith is one of those guys I just like. I did see a clip from I don't know if it was the last show or one of the last ones or whatever where they he'd sold the house or had this house up for sale, and two people came in to look at the house, and it was Mr. Drummond and Gary Coleman from Different Strokes, and they were playing those characters coming in to look at the That's house to buy. Awesome. Have you seen the clip? No, I I'll haven't. have to send it to you. I thought that That's was funny. Awesome. Like, what do you think about the house, Arnold? He's like, I don't know. I don't think it's big enough. You know, it's, <laughs> and they were actually being serious, which is what cool. What you talking about? Hey, they're back. Look at this. Channel Star Wars is back. We're going to do the Channel Star Wars report a little early today because we've got something special coming up after the first of the hour, top of the hour, next hour. Here's Channel Star Wars. Greetings to all of our friends in the Outer Rim. We're back. 
with Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by Fort Tuscan's Bantha Sales and Groomery, Poggle's Bug Barn, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. Bringing you the latest faster than a raging Jawa, I'm your host, Mike Mann. First and foremost, the trailer for Mandalorian Season 2 was released this week. And as expected, this trailer leaves one wanting more and eagerly awaiting the upcoming season. Time won't allow us to go into the entire breakdown, but some things of interest to point out are a snowy ice world that is presumably from the Clone Wars and the Rise of Skywalker, Tatooine, possibly Lothal City from Star Wars Rebels, and a variety of different species spanning all of the former Star Wars material. And of course, all of our favorite characters from Season 1 of Mandalorian. As Mando continues his quest to reunite the child with a quote-unquote cult of enemy sorcerers, whether you've already seen this trailer once or a billion times or not, make some time to go check it out, after BK on the air, of course. The Mandalorian Season 2 begins October 30th on Disney+. Plus. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Next, we go to our friends at Adidas. With their preview of Wookiee-inspired kicks called the Chewbacca Rivalry High. These brown high top three stripes are pretty unique as they include a leather strap over the tongue that looks like Chewbacca's signature bandolier, a small portrait of Chewbacca on the shoe's tongue, and a full body illustration on the insole. The biggest attribute which stands out the most is the addition of fur for added effect giving the wearer the appearance of having a walking carpet on their feet. These kicks look more like a conversational piece as they wouldn't be very ethical to sport out and about, but man, they look so cool. The Chewbacca Rivalry High will be available on the Adidas UK website beginning October 22nd. Laugh it up, fuzzball. And last up, since most of us can't make the journey to Galaxy's Edge due to Tauntaun 19, ILM X-Lab is doing the next best thing by bringing Batu to us with the upcoming VR experience. Star Wars, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Once again, Cecil Slack, voiced by Bobby Monahan, will be telling his tall tales about adventures throughout galactic history with fans being transported to those eras and participating in said adventures. Some of the added bonuses are players or fans, however you want to look at it, that will get to hang out with C-3PO being reprised by Anthony Daniels himself. And much like being able to stand next to Darth Vader and Vader Immortal, this round has the opportunity to spend some time with Jedi Master Yoda. Think about that for a minute and let it sink in. <laughs> so get ready. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge will be heading our way this holiday season. Goodness gracious me. Before we head out, we at Channel Star Wars would like to congratulate The Mandalorian for scoring an Emmy win, the first for Disney+. Plus. That's all the time we have. Be sure to check back next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Warsing. For ChannelStarWars.com, I'm Mike Mann reminding you... <laughs> And now back to our man himself, the legendary BK on the air. 
Thank you, Mike, for that Channel Star Wars report. One hey, thing that he did not report is this, by the way. Uh, September 24th, Star Wars, this is official, by the way, this week. StarWars.com and other places officially announces The Empire Strikes Back returns to theaters next week on September the 24th. This year marked the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. <gasps> the Empire Strikes Back 40 years ago. And the space opera franchise has been providing fans with a wide array of Empire-focused content in the past few months. It was originally planned that The Empire Strikes Back would be released in the 4K theaters in the United Kingdom, but the plan was changed after talks among exhibitors broke down. Well, that's good, because we'll take it here in this country. Sure, I'll take it. Without a doubt, The Empire Strikes Back is a clear-cut fan favorite, and me and Alan's favorite as well, by the yes. way, of many and of, and of many Star Wars enthusiasts. That said, the film's return to the theaters could give a sense of nostalgia, we know that, to <laughs> longtime fans, while also boosting the much-needed sales of movie theaters right now because uh, the, the, the numbers are in on a lot of the movies, and including Tenet, and they're all mm-hmm. underperforming, as expected, of course, what's going on, because still a lot of people afraid to go to the theaters. But, by the way, I went to see Empire Strikes Back a, few, uh, a couple of months ago because NCG and several other theaters were showing older films in Empire. Strikes Back was one of the films they were showing, but it was just the special edition, regular uh, quality thing. So we've never, I've actually never seen, I'm going to be able to see this one in the theater, which is great. And I will, yes, I will go see this again. I know I just saw it a couple months ago, but I'm going to see it again. This is going to be the 4K version in a lot of theaters on a much broader release. So that's going to be fantastic to see that again, Mm -hmm. to hear that music. John Williams' music, the whole soundtrack. Uh, some of us have gotten I to see this. Some of us gotten to see the soundtrack performed by an orchestra separately live. from the film, which I think Atlanta was great. Symphony Orchestra. I, I'm going to be able to do that if they do that again. I'm going to go do it. That, so. It's going to be a lot of money. I know um, it is. And my wife care. made a point of saying, she goes, "Look," she goes, and she goes, "I know we're all the way in the cheap seats." <laughs> she goes, "But they weren't cheap." I'm like, "No, no, but no, no, honey." One of the greatest Christmas gifts I ever got was a chance to have a date night right. at Symphony Hall, watching Empire right. and the orchestra playing live. Well, I could have been out in the hall listening. I'd been okay. Cheap seats for Symphony Hall to see something like that is okay because that's a that's a thing you're going to see that you're mostly going to use your ears. For. Right. And you're going to see the movie projected oh. on a screen, which is so big enough good. you can see it. So but, good. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Empire so good. Strikes Back in the theater again. Mark your calendar, September the 24th. It's the 40th anniversary. It's about as close to it as they can get wow. to a release for it. 40 years ago, The Empire Strikes Back. I remember going to see it in the theater and being completely mesmerized and leaving and going, how's it possible that they made a movie that's better than Star Wars? I can't believe this. Now, Star Wars is the classic first film that started it all, which is, to me, one of the best films ever made. But Empire Strikes Back, there's just something about it that edges it out and makes it just a little bit better, I think. Star Wars grew up with Empire. It did. Boy, did it ever grow up. Uh, and so re- did we. It's called The Empire Strikes Back because everything bad happened to the rebels and everybody in that movie. The Empire had the upper hand. Yeah. And it was fantastic. That second act. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from James Install. Mattel introduces the Battlestar Galactica Collection. You can imagine the colonial warrior against the evil Cylon Centurions. Cylon Centurions ready. Check. Activate eye scanner. Energize pulsator. Aim laser pistol. On three. Colonial Warrior changing scanner to laser. Get it. Right. Each figure sold separately. Batteries not included. Cylon Centurion and Colonial Warrior from the Battlestar Galactica Collection. New from Mattel. 
the galaxy explodes. The Rebels return. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Rebel Attack Squad ahead. New Imperial Shuttle. You have to put it together. Batteries not included. Action figures each sold separately. After him. Excellent, Lord Vader. Death Star signaling. Ring up. Prepare to land. Landing gear down. Ramp engage. This battle station better be ready or... Yes, my Emperor. New Imperial Shuttle. Action figures sold separately. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. You are listening to me, BK on the air, dispensing nostalgic geekiness talk from 10 to noon on Saturdays. That's Eastern time, by the way. And I know none of that really makes any much of sense at all if you're listening to the podcast later. No matter what time it is, it doesn't matter. And you can catch the uh, the show. I turn it into a podcast after I go off the air every Saturday. You can listen on uh, uh, SoundCloud. You can listen on Anchor. You can listen. You can go to the YouTube channel and see uh, just what's different about the show that I changed that wasn't the same when it was live on the air. I do change a lot. I make it uh, bionic and augment it with a lot of different things. Well, right now, I'm going to bring up live via our awesome Zoom uh, connection, uh, James Install with It's All Geek to Me with Geek to Me Radio. Hey, James, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. How are you? Oh, that sounds great. Doing doing fantastic. Now you would call you. We get together a lot on our shows from time to time, and we were like, "Hey, there's <laughs> Wait, a movie." A lot from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> just are clear. you pointing out my grammar again? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'm just having fun what with it. You right do. Now. <laughs> it's like I do that always. Sometimes. <laughs> it's like that makes you can sense. always <laughs> catch me from time to time right. doing something on occasionally. On my show, that makes total sense when I say that. <laughs> Uh, it's like when you say, and hey, we got a banana outside we got, we the, uh, the studio look at, you know, here. We knew we were a bunch of crazy bananas, but look at that. <laughs> what she's saying is, is, hey, you're a monkey. Did you know that? Yeah, James doesn't know what we're looking at because he turned our camera bananas. off. But we've got a, there yeah. was the Kitty Day Parade in downtown today. We've got someone dressed like a full-size banana. Outside the studio. By. That's great. Which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, <laughs> hey, make like a banana hey, and she split. keeps that up. I'm bringing her here and putting her on the air. It's like, no, don't do that. Sorry, James. Does she have any baby plantains with her? <laughs> I didn't. I found her appealing. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Now, she what's, gave us the slip. What's good, what's good about being here at this station, James, is we have a window that leads out into Main Street here in downtown Cartersville, and we can see things. People walk by. They make faces at us. They hold up one finger saying we're number one, all that stuff. I think nice. that's really fun. And stuff, but we've got you on the air because we correspond quite a bit with movies and television shows, and and I come on your show sometimes, and you come on mine. We have similar shows, which is kind of cool, but we're just on different days and and uh, different uh, different time zones. But uh, you wanted to call in and give us a review, and I thought it was great because movies are back in the theater. Our theaters have been open for for quite some time here in, in the Atlanta area, and you went to see Tenant, the new uh, Christopher Nolan film, and you also went to see the new Mutants, the new Marvel X uh, in X-Men tie-in movie as well, and you wanted to talk about both of them today. Absolutely, yeah, they were both uh, really good, much better than, uh, well, obviously the, the Tenet's brilliant, Christopher Nolan always does a great job, but the New Mutants, they had reviews said, this is the worst X-Men movie ever, and I was very curious, had they not seen Dark Phoenix? <laughs> kind of shocked me. You know what's funny is I didn't see Dark Phoenix either because I knew that it was a dead-end film. They weren't going to do really much after that because uh, I know that all the rights are reverting back to Marvel and Marvel Studios and Disney for all these things. And I understand, is, isn't this movie kind of a, a dead It's like their last kind of uh, Sony 20th Century, whatever, I think it was, I can't remember what studio it was. But isn't Fox. This, is it Fox, their last movie that they needed to make under that banner? 
That's right. And I feel like they wouldn't be able to do a sequel anyway, because now all the kids who played the new mutants are like in their fifties because that's how long ago they filmed right. this and when it was supposed to be released. They're older now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was supposed to come out literally two years ago and they kept knocking the production or the uh, release date back further and further and further. Uh, so, but finally now it's out and I really enjoyed it. I'd say it's a, uh, for the Fox movies, like if you do the whole run, I'd say it's upper middle tier for me. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Well, that's interesting because I think my favorite X Men X Men films through uh, through that studio were I love Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. I love the First Class X Men film, and, those and I and I actually liked Apocalypse uh, uh, too because those three kind of fit together. And pe- a lot of people didn't like uh, the Apocalypse X Men Age of Ap- Apocalypse, I think was the name of it, and uh, they didn't like that one, but I kind of liked it too. So those X Men X Men films were my favorite. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix yet, and I haven't seen this one either. So what was your take on this one uh, after all? This was great. Uh, New Mutants, obviously created by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud back in the 80s. Uh, it's a group of, as it says, New Mutants there. They're kind of like the trainees who will eventually become X-Men. And it follows these teenagers as they develop their powers. Professor Xavier works with them. And then when he dies, supposedly, Magneto starts leading the school. Uh, but it's a great run. It ran the issue, uh, 100 issues in the comic books from Marvel. And it follows the original five characters. And the movie is, I think, stays true to a lot of that. It has a nice element that the other X-Men movies never did, which is a, a little bit of a horror element to it. Uh, there's something stalking the kids in this psychiatrist's, uh, I guess, doctor's school that she's working with them uh, to train their powers. And it, it, I don't want to spoil anything because if I say too much, I'll give away some plot points. But it was, it was really well done. I like the horror element, which has never been added before. Uh, all the acting was fantastic, and I'd say for me, it probably I'd give it a solid B minus. And you know, people know that they know us. If we if we if a comic book movie comes out, and we see it, and we don't like it, we will say that we don't because that's not an automatic stamp of our approval that we right. like it because it's a comic book movie, right? Exactly, exactly. And hey, what other were there any better? I know there were, but that, on the list of creative teams on on comic books. When you put a Chris Claremont with with a Bob McLeod or or with John Byrne as doing the art in, in a in a in on a book, especially like the Uncanny X Men or the New Mutants, whichever the one it, it may be, uh, or even X Factor, the other great one that came out and was great for a long time, those are some great creative teams on some comic books. Absolutely, uh, I think uh, between his work on New Mutants and all the work he did on X Men over the decades that he worked on the book, I think other than Stan Lee himself. It's hard to say that there's anyone who's had more of an imprint on the X-Men titles than Chris Claremont. He's a great, great writer. He even, I think he wrote a, a graphic novel for DC when they had the rights to Star Trek. He wrote a DC graphic novel called Dead of Honor, which was great, which means, and I knew uh, Peter David, a, a great writer Sorry. for Marvel, a great comic writer, <laughs> yeah. actually wrote a few Star Trek stories, too. So if you're a good author or a writer, you can write. You, can't, you don't have to just write the X-Men. You can write anything well if you're a great author. And writer. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we actually had Peter David on the show a couple of months back, and he was talking about the Star Trek novels he wrote. Uh, it has some really great stories about working on those, and obviously he's the one who kind of brought the Hulk back into the forefront uh, forefront when the sales were kind of lagging on the book. Oh, his run on the Hulk was, was probably one of my favorite, uh, that introducing the Pathian and, and a lot of other things into David Banner's life. That was a fantastic run, uh, was Peter David's run on the Hulk. Uh, so you gave a thumbs up, obviously, to the new mutants. Let's move on now to uh, to Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new movie that's out in the theaters, which I feel that I've seen because I've seen the trailer in the theater 50 times going to the theater <laughs> to see other movies. So I feel like I've seen the film. But what is your take on the new Christopher Nolan film, Tenet? 
it was really good. Obviously, um, Christopher Nolan, he gave us the Batman trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy. He gave us Inception, Memento, all these great movies. And this one is kind of in that same vein. I would say that this movie has the potential to be this generation's The Matrix. Because it's something, uh, it's groundbreaking in the thought process. And time can be inverted. So they're witnessing stuff from the future. I can't really just even describe the plot without giving away huge spoilers about it that's one of the movies that makes it hard to talk about but i'd say you have to see it and i've I've seen it once i have to go back and see it two or three times because now now knowing how it ends it's one of those things that makes you think oh my gosh i probably missed this on the first viewing and you want to go back and see it two or three more times so i think repeat viewing is going to be a must with this movie. James, that's so funny. My daughter, Lex, uh, saw it a couple of days after it opened, and I got a text message that said, hey, do you want to go see a movie? I'm like, I'm sitting at home like, sure, what? She goes, Tenet. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to see that. She goes, yeah, I just got out of the theater just now, and I need to go back. (laughs) Well, James, stand by. We're going to take a break here. We don't want to shortchange you. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back live with you. Okay, stand by. A double pleasure is waiting for you. A double pleasure. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. We're back. It's BK on the air here. We're on the air live with James Install with with its Geek to Me Radio. He's giving us some movie reviews and whatnot today on the air. James, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, you're right in the middle of talking about Tenant before we had to take our break. What did you want to add uh, about your Tenant uh, experience at the theater? I'd say just as typical Christopher Nolan fair, it's it's brilliantly done. Uh, this is one that, like I said, you've got to see at least twice. I can't imagine the headache they have. They have continuity people on movies to make sure everything's the same, the same clothes are worn for certain scenes. And I cannot imagine the headache they must have had when they had to film certain parts of this because they're coming backward, backwards in time, essentially. But the cast, John David Washington, I, you could almost easily see him as the next James Bond if they're, you know, as Daniel Craig moves on, he played a brilliant, brilliant part. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is the villain is absolutely terrifying. Uh, for those who are worried about Robert Pattinson taking on the new role of the new Batman, between his role in The Lighthouse and now his role in Tenet, I have no worries about him going forward in any movie he decides to take part in, especially Batman. And also Elizabeth Debicki, who was brilliant in The Night Manager on Amazon Prime. She's, uh, again, just radiant in Tenet. I, the whole cast is great. We even get a cameo from Michael Caine. Well, of course. Uh, it's a great movie, and I would totally, totally recommend this one. I give it a solid A for uh, for a grade on this one. I will gr- agree with you about Robert Pattinson. I did see The Lighthouse with him and uh, Willem Dafoe, and that movie was a Stanley Kubrick, uh, ik, uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, terrifying uh, thing yeah. to watch. It was disturbing, and I found myself going, "Ooh, I don't even know if I want to watch that again." And I think I watched it again. <laughs> So, which made me watch it. Uh, I, can I share something with you? I, I go through a living heck because of my uh, opinion of Christopher Nolan films. I'm going to give you my opinion of Christopher Nolan films. Every First of all, Chris- he'll be wrong, James. Every, Just be ready. Well, not necessarily not wrong to me, but my, my experience with Christopher Nolan films, I can review every one of them the same way. I say the same thing about every one of them I see. I go, oh, Christopher Nolan film. It's interesting 
beautifully directed. He's a very talented guy, well shot, but there. But I also add the word plotting, slow and boring to, to all of his films. And I don't. Wow. And that's just me. That's just me. Maybe when I see I Tenant, maybe it'll be the first Christopher Nolan film that I fall in love with because. And that, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not that into Christopher Nolan films. Uh, I just find them all to be very slow, very <laughs> plotting, and very boring. And I don't and I don't know why. He's a great. He's he's a talented guy. They look great, and they're about an interesting subject matter. But that's just my experience with Christopher Nolan. I can't help it. It's just like it's a it's a taste. It's like James, food. James, you and I can have a, a session together. Try to counsel him because I could never meet somebody who could be more wrong. What you guys are you guys going to pull up in a van and put a hood over me? Try to deprogram me? We so are. What you're going to do? We're going to pull up. I'm sorry, and I I love filmmaking. I love and I love slow movies. I'm a Stanley Kubrick lover. I love the That's movie the Solaris, uh, Solaris, a sci-fi film, Russian film, which is almost four hours long, and as they it said it's to be the slowest film in the world to try to watch. But I don't know why I'm that way. The Christopher Nolan, it's just kind of like tomatoes. I just don't like the taste of tomatoes. James, what do you think? I think, um, and again, if you're going to see Tenet, BK, I will say uh, honestly, the first, I'd say. Eh, 30 minutes of the movie is a little slow. It starts out with a bang, but it kind of slow. But the problem is he doesn't talk down to the audience. He doesn't say, oh, there's not these bits of exploitation or explanation, I should say, where he's got the characters kind of pontificating about this is why this is happening and kind of talks down to the audience. He, is, he assumes his audience is smart and he, you really have to pay attention. It makes you sit up and pay attention to Tenet, which is why the first 20, 30 minutes is a little slow. But once it kicks into gear, you need to sit back and really lock in because it is a brilliant movie. Uh, you'll see things you're like, wow, I didn't catch that on the first viewing. And that's why you want to go back and see it again. So this might be the movie that changes your mind as long as you understand that the first part will be a little slow. Or we may have hit on the reason why I don't get his films. I, I'm not very smart. <laughs> and I don't get it. So I mean, that's, that, that could be part of it. You know, it could be a for root. Now, now, I will say this. You're friends with me, and I'm not friends with dumb people. So that's, you know. <laughs> okay, that makes we'll me feel good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I will say this. When I went to see Inception, uh, there's a little story that added onto it that maybe the maybe there may be a problem with that because we went to Universal Studios, Universal Orlando uh, theme park, and inside Universal they have a movie, they have theater in there. So we got a special ticket price that which included a free. F- movie ticket to go see a movie well we'd walked around the park all day it was hot it was in july it was florida and we rode every ride and i was exhausted and it was great so i got into that nice comfortable reclining air-conditioned seat in the theater when inception come on and i went to sleep <laughs> that may be part of why because uh because inception's kind of slow and blotting and boring oh. too, to me but uh, my heart, you. My heart is literally sh- like shrieking in my chest like get out of this see, room i say the same thing when Alan says something bad about killer clowns from outer space, like, I can't believe you don't like that movie. It's it's a B movie. It's fantastic. I honestly it's never great. said anything about that. So uh, <laughs> I said that about Flash Gordon, though. <laughs> well, see, that's the, the, I'm surprised we're still friends. You don't like Flash Gordon, but uh, but yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll 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 promise both of you this. I will probably see Tenant and get, and give it a, and give it a go. Just mainly because I just want to get back to the movies. I already told you movie. you need to rewatch Inception in a better frame of mind. I'm scared to watch Re- Inception. I don't know. God, if I that want is to do such that a great flick. So, but James, it sounds like you did like Tenant, which is fantastic. I I love Kenneth Branagh. Any, anything he's in is fantastic. He raises the bar on everything. Even Wild Wild West. And uh, well, he was the best thing about the Wild Wild West. True. He was a crazy guy. <laughs> But uh, but uh, it sounds like you loved it, and we're just glad that movies are back on track, and local sports are back on track, and everything seems to be we seem to be uh, riding, uh, putting this train back on the track again, which is great. Slowly, 
yeah, the movies, I will say, if, if you're concerned about it at all, I totally get that. And no one should rush out if they're feeling unsafe. But I will say, uh, from the standpoint, I went to Marcus Theaters both times, and they've taken all these precautions. There's foot plates on the doors, so you don't have to touch the doors to open them. Uh, they've taken precautions with their concessions, so you're not having a bunch of people using the same soda machine as they get their soda out of the fountain. So it, it is safe. I felt perfectly safe. My wife felt safe when she went with me to go see the movies. So get out and support your local theaters. That's all I can say. Well, if we wind, as we wind down to the bottom of the hour here, I wanted to take this time to let everybody know where they can hear you and find you on the Internet and on the radio and all the places that you might be. Tell my listeners everywhere out there where they can find you and hear you. I've got a brand new website should be coming in the next month, uh, geeksmeradio.com, which will be a launching platform for all the places. But obviously I'd love for everyone to keep up with me on social media at Geek to Me Radio on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Geek to Me Radio. And we try to put all of our shows up online as well on YouTube. So go to YouTube and look for Geek to Me Radio and give us a subscribe there and hit that little bell icon so you don't miss a single episode. James, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks uh, for coming on. Thank you for having me on when you do on your show. And our, our continued correspondence has been fun. Thanks to uh, our likened interest that we have. And I promise when I go see Tenet and don't fall asleep and like it, I'm going to text you and let you know. <laughs> I'd appreciate <laughs> that. that. It'll be very gratifying. Always good to hear from you. And uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. See you, buddy. Right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. James Install Geek to Me Radio. It's always fun to get someone who has a similar radio show as you know, me. You know, I could have... With 98% precision, said exactly what he was going to say about Tenet. I think he and I agree on so many of the movies, the way we look at them and review them. He's just a guy that I just see movies the way he does. And uh, it's, I think it's been very rare that he's come on with a review and I go, oh, no, you're totally wrong. I, yeah. he's, he's a reviewer I trust. James is and he does great spoiler-free reviews online. Right. And they're not, not spoiler-free reviews that tell you nothing. They're actually spoiler-free reviews that actually manage to review the movie without spoiling it, but still giving you a good, solid review. Exactly. It's like, a, oh, I'm going to give you a spoiler-free review of this movie that I saw. It's a pretty good movie. Go see it. I give it uh, three stars. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I need more info than that. Yeah, I'll agree, I'll agree with you on James on that especially on his superhero movie reviews we seem to see eye to eye on those a lot and as you hear james knows a lot of the james knows even much more backstory and history of the comic books and stories mm -hmm. than i do i mean i've got a fairly okay knowledge of of x-men books and things that happen in captain america and marvel and dc and stuff but james is the uh, the mac daddy of the <laughs> of the smithsonian institute is what i call him of comic books uh, continuity and whatnot so so if anybody else has actually seen tenant today we're, we're going to continue on with bk on the air here. If you've seen it, give us a call, 770-386-1450, or you can call about anything you want. You've seen another movie or anything else that happened to you a week or so, because I am on the radio once a week. I'm not on every day, so I can't give my opinion about things daily. That would be nice. I have to wait a week and go, oh, I can't wait. I'm going on the radio Saturday, but this happened on Wednesday, and i got to wait three more days before I can talk about it. I'm going to mm. promise you this. I'll probably watch Inception again, and I'll give it another go. And uh, I think I think some, some of my friends want to go see Tenet. I might go with them to see it so uh, and i can't you know me i don't i don't like going against the grain and being controversial i want to like christopher nolan films but <laughs> but there are some things that you can't okay. there's some things you don't like i mean you don't like certain foods you don't like certain music groups and certain types of music yeah i and keep forgetting you don't like tomatoes yeah i'm not yeah christopher nolan he's the tomato of he's the, the tomato he's healthy he's for you and he's good and using a lot of sandwiches but i just don't like how it tastes and I, he's tomatoes to me i can't stand it like, he's oh. the guacamole to me of uh, of food, I can't. Oh. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. I, I, well, you know, with the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer. So yeah. you're gonna get to that point where you That's might poetic. say, you know what? 
We're gonna have one of those days where it's sort of like uh, it's the, the it's the temperature's getting a little chilly. Yeah. You got kind of where that you, misty. Where are you going with this? Kind of a little nasty. I don't yeah. want to be outside. Yeah. Perfect time to put. Put in inception. Oh no! Are you on. saying a slow day and it's raining? No, I'm going to go to sleep. Kick back. <laughs> it's going to be those. It's got to be one of those you days where I'm not relaxed. Make sure that you've rested. <laughs> yeah. Make sure I've put that on, I'll but watch no it, distractions. I'll watch it at 8 a.m. in the morning. You know, after that, I get that up. may be the problem. We live in an age where my kids have a problem have a much hard, hard bigger problem with this. Right. Movies where you got to pay attention are difficult because if you don't put the phone down. Right. Even for a few seconds, oh, just yeah. to check, and I do. Oh, I'm I know guilty that. of it too. Yeah, I know that. And all of a sudden, like we'll be watching a show, I'm like, "Oh, what just happened?" My wife's like, "Well, put your phone down. I won't have to tell you." <laughs> well, certain films you can't do that. Christopher with Christopher Nolan movies are like can't that. miss it. Uh, uh, there was a television show like that back in the day, and they and they made a movie series Get about smart, it called Well, they close <laughs> called Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. There was a TV show with Peter Graves, the old Mission Impossible television shows. My dad, yeah, my dad said. If you sit down and watch Mission Impossible, the television show, you can you have to watch every single moment of it. You can't half watch it because that's one of those shows. If you miss something, you're going to miss the entire episode of what's and going on. And James is right. Uh, J- uh, Christopher Nolan writes scripts that usually are fairly intricate, which right. makes rewatching all that much more fun. I mean, seriously, it's it's just his movies are great rewatches. I'm going to try, but it may just be that I just don't like it. It's just not my cup of tea. Could be. But it's okay. Everyone's got the right. You'll still love me, right? Okay, good. I'll still accept you. Just gonna make sure that's not because I accept you. I don't plan to come burn your house down. You don't like Flash Gordon, and I still have friends with you. That's okay. We both do that. It's got a good soundtrack. Alan in his head right now. Go, how dare he compare Christopher Nolan to Flash Gordon? Who does he think he is? Oh, he's BK. That's (laughs) BK on there. We're gonna take a bottom. They are break. We'll be back. Next, another interesting story that's in the news. In the news, the bus of the future goes bust. They were supposed to help carry commuters into the 21st century, but in many big cities, these buses aren't carrying anyone anywhere. We'll be back with Busted Buses in the news. Sponsored by Post Honeycomb, the cereal with a big bite and big taste. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Big Betty the Blonde Bomber, and I want a big cereal. Honeycomb's big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small, no, no, no. Honeycomb's got a big, big bite, big, big taste in a big, big bite. Right, a good breakfast featuring Post Honeycomb cereal gives you a big, big bite. It tastes right, honeycomb bite. It tastes right. and online on the TuneIn Radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. That's right, it's BK on the Air here. I'm going to thank James Install with it all. It's all Geek TV Radio coming on the air with us today. I'm going to do some movie reviews. We do that from time to time. And uh, he'll, he'll repay the favor. A couple weeks he'll have me on his show talking about something. And he'll uh, just uh, make fun of me. <laughs> you can't believe what well, that BK guy says. At least it's consistent. Yeah, I don't ever uh, say what you want about me. I always stay pretty consistent with what's going on in my life. So. It's like, oh, he's always consistent. Like, even if you're late. If you're late all the time, that means you're consistent. Right. I'm not I didn't, I'm not saying I'm late. We know what to expect. Let's go through this day in history because i got a lot to go to to the top. Long of the way hour. to go, short time to get That's there. That's right. We're 12 o'clock bound and down. <laughs> 
September the 19th on this day in history. 1960, Chubby Checkers, The Twist. It's number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I think that's what I did week before last to throw my back out. I don't remember. I don't think you and I can do The Twist anymore with our disc. Speak for Well, it's a different kind of twist. As long as I'm not jumping, I'm good. Uh, 1952, The Adventures of Superman television series debuts with George Reeves. Uh, Father to Christopher. No history. Isn't it weird how the guy played Superman in the 70s had almost the same last name? Yep. Just took the S off the right. end. Uh, 1970, the Mary Tyler Moore Show premiered on CBS on this day in history of, of rating smash and one of the most successful sitcoms in history. A lot of spinoffs from that show, too. Think about how many spinoffs Mary Tyler Moore had. Uh, it had Lou Grant spin off into a drama with uh, with uh, Ed Asner. Then Phyllis, of course, Leachman's sitcom, spun her character's mm-hmm. show off. Actually, uh Ted Knight spun off from it, but he wasn't playing Ted Baxter on the show, but he did get his own show called The Ted Knight Show, which actually kind of turned into it too close to for comfort later. And uh, what am I missing? Was there another show spin off from Mary Tyler Moore? I can't remember. I just Well, know, Gavin McCloud went on to be in The Love Boat right. as the captain. I just yeah. know MTM Productions also put on a lot of TV shows. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tons. One that just had an anniversary yesterday. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati was an MTM-produced show. 1990 on this day. Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese. One of my all-time favorite the gangster flicks. I liked the way they told a gangster oh, yeah. story. It was good. It people, a lot of people pick the Godfather series, but for me, my favorite gangster uh, Goodfellow-type uh, movie is either Goodfellows, but I also throw The Untouchables in there by Brian De Palma, which is fantastic. The Untouchables it's, is great about Capone, the early you know? mob in the uh, yeah. Prohibition era. Oh, it's fantastic. Love that. Birthdays today. Today is Batman's birthday himself. Is that Adam West? William West Anderson's Aww. birthday, better known as Adam West. He died in 2017. Randolph Mantooth, the guy from the, the the dark-haired guy from the emergency fire truck show. It's his birthday today, and it's English actor Jeremy Irons' birthday today. Talk about a guy with a voice you could recognize mm. when he speaks. Uh, it's it's Leslie Hornby's birthday today, English model and actress. Oh, you may better know her as Twiggy from the sixties uh, and seventies. Always thought Tw- Twiggy hosted a uh, a British show, which was kind of like a an MTV show back before MTV was on, where she would show uh, like music videos and rock groups and stuff that wasn't Twiggy responsible for the whole idea of models of the waif movement very thin she could very because every time I saw her I said you need a sandwich and a milkshake yeah you really yeah, do thin as a twig Rick Smith American actor and singer who had a, a hit single with you take my breath away he was in the Pirates of Penzance oh and by the way in the movie in one of the Incredible Hulk TV movies that Bill Bixby did he played Daredevil in one of the uh, Hulk movies that came out, Rex Smith. Not very Daredevil-like, not like uh, the new Daredevil, which is much more accurate. And today is uh, actor, uh, American actor and comedian uh, Jimmy Fallon's birthday today. Excellent. Oh, number one. I got it. I got it right here. Number one on the Billboard chart. Let's uh, let's keep it with 1970 since that was the Mary Tyler Moore's anniversary today. Number one on the Billboard chart today in 1970. Don't you know That's right, Diana Ross. Ain't no mountain high enough. That's actually from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Something good, something bad, a bit of both. We'll follow your lead, Star-Lord. Bit of both. There we go. Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of good uh, songs are played, including that one. You muted me, but I was like, every time I hear that bit right there, I only see the little kind of getting back on the ship. The the just yep. as we're heading to the end, it's all ship a happy that's been ending. replaced. Yeah, yes, nearly. We tried to nearly. <laughs> that's fix. right. Looks pretty like it to oh. me. 
what if I want to rip someone's spine out? Well, that that's murder. That's the most heinous thing you could do. That that, that would be also bad. Also wrong. Uh, you can go to jail. Oh uh, yeah. That, that, now what if somebody's got something and I want it and I want it more. When well, I, that's the ceiling. That's when bad. When I hear those songs now, and I've heard them for years because they're hit songs, and that's why they put them in the movie. I now it makes me think of that movie, Gardens of the Galaxy. It does every which is time. Very powerful for a movie. I to see do that. Gamora kind of doing a little move, and she's like for the first time kind of <laughs> sashaying through the ship. Everybody's happy. It cuts to the little Groot in the pot who finally sprites, sprouts a couple of arms. You know, he's getting bigger. Sitting in a cool. rocket's lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Great movie. Guardians Just a galaxy. great, great movie. Looking forward to Volume 3 by James Gunn, by the way, too. Today is, uh, it is September the 15th and is, uh, 19th, I'm sorry, September the 19th, and it is National Butterscotch Pudding Day. Today, I like butterscotch. By the way. And also, Alan, it's also Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr, is it Pirate Day? Arr, it arr. is. And by, way, and by the way, every third Saturday in September, which is today, by the way, is, and for us, this is 365 days a year, today is Responsible Dog Ownership Day. Yeah, that's 365. That shouldn't be just one day. All that right, well, I've got one, one I told you about I was going to bring up because it is a an anniversary of sorts. Although yeah, let's segue into Halloween here. It took yeah. place on the 16th of September. One of my all-time favorite ghost movies was released on the 16th of September, 1982, in the UK. We'd already seen it here in the United States, but Steven Spielberg produced and mostly directed Poltergeist was uh, first released in the UK earlier yeah. this week. And I posted in the Wilder Ride Listener's Lounge the post or a poster, kind of a throwback version of what they did in the UK for Poltergeist to sell the movie. And... Just absolutely love that movie. Uh, Walt Murray, my co-host in the uh, Wilder Ride uh, podcast, we did a special five-part series on our Patreon page, which right now is still free for folks who want to go to Patreon and listen. We broke down Poltergeist in five two-hour chunks of discussion. Love that movie. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Every Halloween, it gets watched. Yeah, I was waiting for the call to be on that one. I wanted to talk about it, but y'all didn't let me call. You didn't call well, me. I thought thing. I would have loved to have talked about that one. We'd already had okay. you on like That's dozens okay. of episodes. That's okay. By I mean, that I'm, point. I'm not. I don't feel bad. About it. I, only, I cried hey. for. I cried for a couple of days, and it was over. You was, launched our season three, by the way. <laughs> Do you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I of all the people I could have invited to be the first guest in season three. <laughs> so you're doing, he's doing me a favor. Right. So that's good. I well, we had to work that. out the bugs so on somebody. <laughs> okay, what worked? What didn't? Okay. After I heard the edited version, only about 10% of what I said was in the episode. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, okay. What, what worked? <laughs> so yeah, Everything with you and me, Walt. What didn't work? Everything with well, BK. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> and we got a Halloween special coming up. We do, And this time it's falling on actual Saturday. Yes. Halloween, the Halloween Spooktacular here at WBHF. We're going to talk about. <laughs> Halloween stuff and memories and surprises and trick-or-treat and all this stuff and candy. We're just going to talk about Halloween stuff and spooky and be funny. Heck, us three in the room, how much more spooky can you get than that? And, of course, it's always a lot of laughs. And you know what I'm going to do, yeah. actually? I told Walt, I said, you know what we need to do to start hyping the the sixth annual? We we uh, released the fifth one as an episode you can listen to, and I'm going to put it on our Patreon page. And awesome. folks to, yeah. to listen. Say, here's a little taste of last year, because we had a lot of fun. We had a blast last year. That's fantastic. I've got another Halloween story here from Fox. Five Atlanta. I didn't know about this, but it's actually coming up as a rare. Remember the saying, uh, "Once in a blue moon." Mm-hmm. The rare blue moon Good to light up the night sky on Halloween. There's a lot of things going on this Halloween. It's Ooh. Saturday. We got a show. There's going to be a blue moon. Halloween night will be extra spooky this year as a rare lunar event is set to light up the night sky, and it only happens <laughs> once in a blue moon. A full moon will appear October 31st, and the Farmer's Almanac said such an event occurring on Halloween only happens every 18 to 19 years. So it'll be an extra special spec. 
a spectacle, according to the periodical. Finally, 2020 giving us something we can look forward to. (laughs) That's right. So that's going to be fantastic. It it took once in a blue moon. (laughs) After 2020, we will see a 100% illuminated Halloween full moon in the year 2039, 2058, 2077, and 2096, they say. I don't know if I can make that last one. Might be there for that. 2039 when we might make that one. Yeah, that's I will right. make the 2039. That's right. Once in a blue moon. Well, it's coming up uh, this Sounds Halloween like I'm night. I'm a sci-fi movie on when I say that. 31st. <laughs> BK on the air. We'll be back with more Stand By. Here's Milky, the marvelous milking cow. It's fun to milk her. Gonna do it right now. She drinks the water when we pump her tail. She's raising her head. It's milking time now. Her pretend milk is a feeling the pail. She drinks water. I guess pretend milk. Milky, the marvelous milking cow. Milky, the marvelous milking cow with pretend milk tablets. She's from Kenner. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next half hour. One, two, one, two, three, and... It's BK on the air here, a little Chico and the Man playing there, another sitcom from the 70s. Some kids might not remember it, but it was a very popular show starring Freddie Prinze and uh, Jack Albertson, the guy from Willy Wonka who played Grandpa Joe on Chico and the Man. The reason I played that is I got a story here. This is a very nostalgic story coming up uh, from Julius Young at foxnews.com. Actor Jimmy Walker, who played J.J. on Good Times, alleges that Freddie Prinze, the guy, the stand-up comedian that turned into an actor for Chico and the Man, once tried to kill John Travolta. What? And I did not know about that. The Good Times star, who's now 73 years old, reportedly made the shocking revelation in a new documentary for the upcoming Showtime series, The Comedy Store, that alleges that... Prince grew upset with Travolta after the actor beat him out in a leading, uh, leading, uh, landing a teen magazine cover in 1970s. Walker claimed that uh, his pal Prince phoned him up and said one day, quote, we've got to kill John Travolta, unquote, according to page six. He says, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm the biggest star on TV, Walker recalled, adding, I said, well, a lot of people are on TV. I'm on TV. <laughs> Walker and Prince uh, Walker and Freddie Prinze even took umbrage with his own remarks and uh, fumed back at Walker. You're not bigger than me, man. I'm the biggest guy. I'm the best guy. Everyone knows me. I'm the funniest guy, he replied. The dynamite catchphrase comedian, Jimmy Walker, said that he was unable to talk Prinze off the ledge. And the pair even reportedly went as far as driving to Travolta's apartment. However, the Grease Travolta star wasn't at home. It was then that Walker alleged the Chico and the Man star shot three arrows into Travolta's door. Uh, really? An arrow. And I'm like, how did this story ever not get printed over all these years? Maybe it hasn't. I just didn't see it. Now, Prince, uh, Freddie Prince died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in 1977 when he was just 22 years old. His son, Scooby-Doo scar Freddie Prince Jr., was less than a year old when his father died. A representative for Travolta did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for com- comment. Now, the comedy store, where this is taken from this documentary, premieres October 4th on Showtime. Wow. So, looking good. Yep. Wow, that's just... 
And that's I crazy. Never heard. I never heard of that. No, not at all. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Somebody's calling on the line right now. It's BK on the air. Hello, who is this? Hey, Barry. It's Eric. Hey, Eric. What's going on there, big guy? When you were talking about the Mary Tyler Moore show, yes, sir. How could you forget about Rhoda? Rhoda with Valerie Harper, who passed away. That's right. I knew. I remember I was saying yeah, there was another like, one, and I can't remember it. But yeah, Valerie Harper's Rhoda. Rhoda was the one that lasted the longest, I believe. Yeah, and you know, you know, the one that I thought was the funniest out of all of them. I thought Phyllis was the funniest show out of every one of those. I don't know why. Clark Leachwood was just so funny, and it was great. But yeah, I forgot. I uh, forgot Rhoda. Sorry about that. Barry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you alone because you you you, you slipping. <laughs> what else is new? You're slipping too, Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. See, Eric's tripping while you're slipping. I'm, he's tripping and I'm slipping. All right, Eric, you're tripping. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always want to end on a good note, but we didn't uh-huh. do it that time. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Rhoda was another TV show spinoff. From, I can't uh, believe he has the audacity to call and say that you may have forgotten. Like, you. Oh. After he pulls the Bob Newhart has already dead thing. I can believe he does. I am not going to let <laughs> Eric live week. that down for the rest of his life. Yeah, Eric, I think he's going to keep the Bob Newhart thing alive there. He really is. So uh, When Bob Newhart finally dies, I'm going to say, congratulations, Eric. You were uh, two years ahead of schedule. Yeah, but the bear, Eric's going to go, he didn't die. No, he didn't. He didn't. And he'll argue. I didn't hear it. If I didn't hear it, it didn't happen. Just like he did. Uh, I got a story here, too, from Michael Bartimro from uh, Fox News. I talked about this earlier. And I, want, I, I know I teased it. I want to get to it. The United Airlines is now applying antimicrobacterial spray to aircrafts via a robot, believe it or not. With the current flu season and the ongoing coronavirus outbreak, frequent flyers may be feeling especially nervous about getting sick during their travels. Here's how you can take matters into your own hands by thoroughly disinfecting your airplane seat. United Airlines is adding yet another step to its cleaning routine, and it's being carried out by a robot. On Wednesday, the carrier announced that it would be coating the surfaces of its aircraft with an EPA-registered uh, anti-microbiological uh, coating, <laughs> microbiology, something that kills germs, to be applied by a superfine mist there we by go. a robotic device named Nova Rover. I can say that. Nova the coating known as the Zuno Microbe Shield was developed by a New Zealand company called Zuno Group Limited, according to United's uh, press release. A chemical used in the coating forms a protective layer likened to uh, microscopic pins once it dries to surfaces, and this layer is able to rupture all the cells in the walls of a microbe. The coating will be applied by the Nova Rovers after deep cleansing and then weekly thereafter with electrostatic sprayers. An electrostatic disinfe- disinfectant will continue to be applied before almost every departure. United has already begun its use of the coating on more than 30 aircraft at Chicago O'Hare's International Airport with plans to expand the program to its entire main line and express fleets before the end of the year 2020 at the approximately 200 airports where United operates. The spray is the latest effort in the airline's Clean Plus initiative, which already includes disinfection of high-touch areas, including HEPA filters on all flights, along with other initiatives so that's nice that they're using robots on united airlines to take care of that the final planet constructed of colonies has suffered a continuing pandemic known as covid 19. our readers have been reconstructed to stand by to annihilate all humanoid civilization i find your reasoning logical yes (laughs) robots can also be used to uh, do evil things As well. By your command. (laughs) 
So robots cleaning up dogs and cats living together, robots cleaning up aircraft, all kinds of stuff. Oh, I got a story here. I got to read this because you're going to love this. And, and when you when I read it, you're going to see why I picked it for you to hear. Okay. From the New York Daily News, a man, 28 years old, got whiskey for his birthday every year, is selling the bottles to buy a house. Listen to listen to what happened. A 28-year-old man in England plans to sell bottles of whiskey he received every year for his birthday in order to make a deposit on a house, according to the BBC. Every year for his birthday, Matthew Robson, his father, gave him a bottle of of 18-year-old whiskey, spending a total of about $6,600 on the 28 bottles. Those bottles, which each, a uh, it's a Macallan single malt is what it's called, M-A-C-A-L-L-A-N. Yeah, Macallan. Are now valued at more than $53,000. He said, each year I received it as a birthday present, he told the BBC. I thought it was quite quirky little present as I was slightly too young to start drinking and I couldn't touch them, but I was under strict instructions never, never to open them, and I tried my hardest and succeeded, and they're all still intact. That's amazing. He recently put the 28-bottle haul on sale and is already receiving interest. His father, Pete, noted that the bottles were not only the birthday gifts he gave to his son, but uh, an investment in his future. So that's pretty good. So he's going to wind up he can wind up getting over fifty thousand dollars for Do that. Do you realize why? Because that first whiskey, that first single malt scotch, is forty six years old. Uh huh. Oh my god. Yeah, I tried scotch once. I I hearkened it to furniture polish. I'm like, then you, oh, then you had bad scotch. Oh, I don't. I'm not a. First of all, here's the problem: why single malt scotch is not drunk every night at my house because I can't afford forty five fifty dollars a bottle for. What I can get in the store right. today, yeah. let alone anything old enough that it's going to be two, $300, and then even older goes for thousands. Back when I did consume alcohol, I, I, I tend to, always tended to gravitate, gravitate toward the ones that I knew with 100% certainty were going to taste good, like the mixed drinks, frozen drinks. Wine coolers, stuff like that. I, I, I've taken. I've never Wine ever. Coolers. I have never and ever. Those two guys, Bartles and James, were cute. Zima. You know, I love Zima. Zima. Zima had I, have, I have never taken a drink of any type of liqueur, whiskey, vodka, or anything like that, and 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 went. God, that's great. I've never said that. I'm just like, oh, wow. that's just wow. So I just never acquired a taste for the hard <clears throat> stuff. I never could get into that. I, now, I know that a lot of people do. People like mixed drinks. I'm in that minority. I actually do love straight. Now, I do like it on the yeah. rocks, too. I like to put right. a cube. Like, I've got a sphere. I love my daughters. They know me so well. I got an ice sphere maker not that long ago, so that way it takes a lot longer to melt so it doesn't dilute, but it can still keep it cold. Ah, good stuff. I got news for you. Everybody knows you. Everybody that knows you knows you. Yeah. Right quick. We don't have much time. We're approaching the top of the hour. Somebody's on the air. Hello. Who's this? This is Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Uh, and I need why I like you so much. I love Glenn Lambert. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Glenn, Glenn Livett's wow. good. McCallum's good. I love Glenn Fittich is good. Those are some of my whiskey, my scotches I enjoy. Jeff, you ever try Zima back when they were selling it? <laughs> All right, y'all have a good day. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> He's just going to ignore the question. No, okay. Zima way ahead of its time. There's all these malt... Flavored now drinks right. out of yeah, all kinds. Were, so. Remember when Zima got made fun of, and now everybody's drinking like White Claws, yeah. and they're drinking. And Budweiser has put out a, a competitive product that's like a White Claw, and it's just, hey, I can remember back when reading comic books and loving superheroes got made fun of, but now people think it's cool to do. Yeah, the so best movies actually, around. it's sad, but it really is true. The best Dude. movies out there. The, the Not super, just for action, just for good stories. films, I think, have well, single-handedly Marvel. saved Hollywood <laughs> in a certain way. Technically, Financially, yeah. so that's fantastic. Well, thanks for being here with me today. And uh, I, I can't believe that I, uh, I... I'm sorry that I hold about the whole Christopher Nolan thing. Maybe maybe Christopher Nolan, to me, is the uh, the malt 
whiskey directors. <laughs> that's why I don't like He's the single much. malt scotch And that's why you love him so much. So it's I just do. acquired. It's See, just I savor Christopher yeah. Nolan, you know. Right. You don't just, you don't pound it. You <laughs> sip it. You savor it. You swish it around and then swallow. Oh, yeah. Mm. If I go see Tenet, I'm going to text you what I thought about it, too. And, and if, I I get I a green, if I get the green vomit emoji, I'm going to punch no, you in the face. I, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to say uh, boring, plotting, and slow. <laughs> At least the first half of it is going to be that, from what I hear from James. So Not the first half. It's two and a half hours long. He said the first 20 to maybe well, 30 right, minutes. We'll, we'll check it out. We'll have fun you got to establish the story. Had fun as, had fun as usual. Go, right. home, go home and have you some single hey, enjoy malt the, scotch. Enjoy the weather, man. Get outside. I will. It's much cooler and we're having a good time. It's BK on the air. Listen to the show, uh, the podcast on Anchor and SoundCloud and YouTube. It's BK on the air. Let's get out of here.